1: Hello again, fiends, and welcome to another episode of Nightmare on Film Street, presented by Fangoria. And this week, we are asking you, we're asking you this week to be our dance partner, and let's do the time loop again.
2: We came up with the title for this episode, this very episode, months ago. Like, I think before we'd even planned on doing a a time month. And uh, we've been holding on to it and holding on to it. And it's like so cool that it's finally time to use this (laughs) goddamn title.
1: (laughs) You know, I got to say, there are a lot of episodes coming up that uh, are all title first, then fill the movies in later. (laughs) Um, There's a few that I'm really happy about, but whatever. Some
2: real good puns coming up, guys, in the the coming months. So get ready.
1: Just a little peek behind the curtain on the creative process.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pun first. Then content.
1: (laughs) Why not build out from the social media platforms? Why? uh, It's
2: just good marketing. Exactly.
1: But we begin every episode by asking each other a very simple question. Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week?
2: Well, it's actually been a while since we've checked in with you guys. Two weeks, we're no longer doing the in-between week mini episodes just for the sake of keeping the the feed full of full-length content. And so we've seen a few movies in the theater. We caught Fantasy Island, which came out on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, kind of had s- social media and a bit of a tizzy. A lot of people were seem pretty angry about it. I didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it got a little complicated in the end half, sure. and I, I could have done away with the twist or two. There were a lot yeah. of twists on twists on twists. But um, I don't know. I'm in the middle of winter. There were a lot of beachy, warm-looking scenes. Oh, you could almost feel it, it, right? You just started, like,
1: (laughs) rubbing that, like, warm sun all over yourself. Is it
2: sad that, like, (laughs) I do give a full-out summer bump for things? Like, oh, you know what? I'm cold right now. I like all this sunshine.
1: Oh, I would have liked The Meg a lot more if it came out in February.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, no, we've seen a lot of movies. Uh, I mean, we, we even saw Parasite a second time. Wasn't super nuts about it the first go around still not crazy about it but i liked it a lot more
2: yeah i like parasite i'm just not like obsessed with parasite which every parasite take is just like it's the greatest movie ever and i want to feel that way and so we went back because it was just like am i wrong was i wrong and not being obsessed about it and i still am about the same like i like it more i notice more things about it oh yeah but i'm still just in like with it i oh yeah I'm a huge fan of Bong Joon-ho's, like, The Host is one of the greatest monster movies of the modern age. Oh, yeah. And he does such a great job at implementing, like, individual family stories in his movies. And I think Parasite is him trying to strictly do, like, a family hierarchy story, whereas his other movies kind of weave them in. Like, The Host has an amazing family at the core of it.
1: And some great social pol- like politics in it, too.
2: Yeah, but the setting is a monster movie.
1: Yeah, I will also say I think Parasite, after seeing it a second time, is a movie about movie making. Uh, you
2: always think that. <laughs> I think that about everything, and I <laughs> hope
1: you're ready for it, because that's the crux of this fucking episode. <laughs> uh, and spe- speaking of monster movies, though, After Midnight also came out. We weren't able to watch it on Valentine's Day, even though it's a super romantic monster movie. We had to wait a few extra days, but it was worth it. But we also saw Brahms, the boy, too. Because every roller coaster must hit a valley before it goes up to the peak. Not to give too much away. If
2: Brahms was a roller coaster, it would be the one, you know, like in the front of the kids' section of the park where it's oh, like where a it caterpillar. Oh, looks real cool? Yeah. No. Oh. Or it's just a caterpillar <laughs> that goes around in a circle.
1: Oh, my mistake. I'm, there's, there's and always, there's no height
2: requirement.
1: <laughs> there's always one kid roller coaster that it's like they paint the rails the right way. It's got a cool line. You're like, this... You know, for a kid's coaster, this looks like it could be great. You get in, you're trying, you know, you're not paying too much attention. You're just eating cotton candy all day. And then you're like, here we go. It's the end. We're over. It's done.
2: We had one when I was a kid. It has since, well, it's still the same name, but it's no longer themed. It was the Ghoster Coaster. Yeah. Uh, at Candace Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And it was Scooby-Doo themed. And there were like all kinds of tombstones in the in like the weight. But it's just a wooden coaster. Um, it's just a little kid sized wooden coaster and it's dope. I still ride it. I'm, I have to sit in a car by myself now because I'm quite large, but
1: (laughs) as far as kids go. Yeah. Like you are like a few kids.
2: (laughs) I am a few kids large.
1: (laughs) I look like I lured two kids into a gingerbread house and ate them before coming to the park.
2: I look like I lured two kids into a trench coat so I could get on this ride.
1: Uh, you know, unfortunately, was not nuts about uh, about Brahms. Uh, wasn't really excited going in, but, you know, pretty good about just sort of clearing the palette. Uh, and
2: clearing the palette.
1: I don't know if that's the... I, I, I don't know. Just, like, purging myself of of any... The blank slate, I go into a movie. Like, I hope I like this. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah, I, you know, I don't think that's going to make my, my top ten of 2020. Had some, you know, interesting ideas. It is not exactly... An ambitious sequel by any means, but we're not going to spoil anything here. If you want to hear our full thoughts, spoilers and all, deep dive conversation into Brahms, the boy too. You can have over at patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film right now uh, and check out our Drive Home from the Drive-In review. We actually recorded a little bit before uh we went into the movie in the car and then the the second half of the podcast is back here in the studio yeah
2: we wanted to try to do some predictions because neither of us really knew what to expect with the movie so we were just like what do we think it will be which was kind of fun because we ended up sort of both being right
1: yeah i think so even though we
2: had wildly different predictions
1: So, uh, speaking of predictions uh, and movies that are in the theater, before we get into this week's episode, Kim, are you excited for The Invisible Man?
2: I am really excited. Yeah. So I know before I said that I was kind of cooling to the idea. Um, it's
1: because you've seen the same trailer. Yes. A, like 20 times. So
2: we've seen a lot of movies in the theater, like more than normal it feels over the last month or month or so. And there's been an Invisible Man trailer before every single one of them. So I think I'm just a little burnt out on the trailer. And I was just feeling a little, like, about the movie. I'm totally confident in the directing. Lee Whannell is an amazing director. And I think all of the action scenes are going to be fantastic. But I was just kind of feeling just a little burnt out on it. But they had the L.A. premiere uh, the other night. I think it was, like, Sunday night or Monday night. And all of the takes on Twitter I've seen have been quite positive. So I'm feeling excited again. I'm feeling the buzz. Which is
1: good, because the Invisible Man is probably the second best <laughs> universal monster. That's the I safest. saw that full pause
2: in your <laughs> brain. You were like, oh, that wolf so good.
1: It's hard to say what the best one is, but I think we could all say second best Invisible Man. Claude Rains is incredible. Uh, but that has nothing to do with this movie. It's just, it, you know, they they are taking a property that I love. I don't care what they do with it. It's new. It's, it's refreshed. It's something from a person who makes great movies.
2: I am so happy that the dark universe or whatever was kind of dismantled and that they've given this piece to Blumhouse because these movies need to stay... Horror movies. They need to stay monster movies. They're not going to survive in that action-adventure world. I'm okay with The Mummy being an action-adventure movie. But th- Brandon Fraser's The Mummy was perfect already. That
1: action-adventure movie? Yeah.
2: Was goddamn perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, whether the Dark Universe was was ever going to happen, uh, it, it dissolved and we still got, like, a bunch of remakes of our favorite monster movies. Like, we have The Shape of Water. We have The Invisible Man coming. And uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I can't wait. Oh, by the time you're listening to this podcast, I will have already seen (laughs) it. it.
2: When we drop it, you are going to be sitting in the theater with a bag of popcorn, feet up.
1: (laughs) Man, I didn't think I could wait, but here I am. Oh, boy. (laughs) Actually, you know what? We have a huge snow pattern, uh, weather pattern.
2: What?
1: Yeah, like we're getting a stupid amount of snow. Oh, wow. uh, Beginning tonight. Oh, really? <laughs> The night that we're recording this, and well into Thursday when oh. this movie will release to our local cinema. So, Farts. We're going to have to strap some chains around them tires, get ourselves out to the movie theater, because I am not missing The Invisible Man.
2: We're going to be recording a full Patreon-exclusive episode uh, of our thoughts on The Invisible Man, and one of us will be dropping a review on the website. We haven't decided which yet.
1: Whoever likes it the most.
2: <laughs> as soon as we see the film. So we're hoping to have an episode out on Patreon this weekend. Uh, and that's at patreon.com slash nightmareonfilmstreet. And the review will be hitting nofspodcast.com.
1: You can always let us know what you thought of The Invisible Man on the Nightmare Hotline at 705-400-9415. It's just a little voicemail box. Call us. Get weird. Tell us what you thought about Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man.
2: But without further ado, it is time for us to do the time loop again. Say it with some gusto (laughs) Let's
1: Come on You can't just be like Okay well Yeah but I don't want to
2: sing it You don't have to Let us do The time loop Again We're kicking it off with Happy Death Day From
1: 2017
2: It's It's not global warming You sneaky little biatch Maybe you should switch to water next time Super helpful Don't be late To party tonight Okay bye Bye Tree.
1: happy birthday. You scared me. Hey, you yeah.
3: up.
2: Look, I know this isn't going to make any sense. Stop global warming. Hey. I feel like I'm losing my mind. You sneaky little biash Happy birthday. I've already lived through this day. Somebody's gonna kill me tonight. So you can hear now.
3: But is everything okay?
0: Shut up! Shut up!
3: Shut up! Assuming that I believe any of this is even possible.
2: Sprinklers car
3: alarm the way i see it, you have
2: unlimited amount of lives
3: unlimited opportunities to solve your own murder
2: so i'm supposed to keep dying until i figure out who my killer is you want to live to see tomorrow right
1: directed by christopher landon happy death day is currently sitting at a 6.5 out of 10 on imdb 71% 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Two out of four from RogerEbert.com. 58% on Metacritic and 3.1 out of five on Letterboxd.
2: That's you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun one because uh, I think this is our second film that we've covered on the podcast that came out. After our inception.
1: That's right. Get ready to hear us say that for the next two years.
2: (laughs) Yeah. uh, We wanted to do some fun, fresh movies for our time travel month, and Happy Death Day just seemed like a fun fit, because it's not necessarily conventional time travel, but yet it is. Or is it? It is.
1: It is. (laughs) We watched this movie twice this week, and... uh... (laughs) Which is kind of funny. Like, there's something... Many... I I do want to say I think we should host a 24-hour marathon where we watch this movie over and over and oh over again. Oh, my God,
2: John. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Does that not sound fun? Uh, it... Not
2: really. Okay,
1: but it's a 24-hour marathon where we have to record a five-minute review after each watching of it. Including you out there. You call into the Nightmare on Film Street hotline and we just stitch together the most bizarre rambling episode you've ever heard of in your With, like, life. With, like, the
2: level of um consciousness from not being allowed to sleep kind yeah. of thing? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah i feel that
1: one feel time it. you call in you're so tired you think you're ordering a pizza
2: <laughs> and then like the answering machine is just like hey it's my birthday <laughs>
1: that's good uh this is the first time i was able to watch this movie with captions and it's also the first time that i learned the the lyrics to that ringtone
2: isn't it like oh i don't even know. i
1: thought it was hey it's my birthday um
2: something something pick up the phone so
1: now you gotta pick up the phone which doesn't make sense But the lyrics are actually, uh, assuming that the subtitles are correct, Hey, it's my birthday, so I ain't gotta pick up the phone.
2: Oh, that's fun. Yeah,
1: because it's her birthday.
2: Yeah, and that seems in character.
1: Yes, exactly. But she didn't make that ringtone. Yeah, Do
2: we ever solve the mystery of who set the ringtone?
1: Well, she said she asked Tori, her roommate.
2: Oh, cupcake roommate?
1: Cupcake roommate. Okay. (laughs) By the way, the reveal on that fucking Cupcake. At the end of the movie, where like she gives her the cupcake, she goes, oh, thanks, and then just drops it. Like, too many carbs, can't have it. And we assume- Did in- you say the
2: end of the movie? The yes, beginning of the movie?
1: this is the end of the movie that this reveal comes. She drops the cupcake. We think it's into a waste bin. At least I assume it's into a waste bin. Cut to an hour and 15 minutes in this movie, <laughs> where realize she just drops it on the goddamn floor. This is why she wants to kill you, Tree.
2: <laughs> You're uh- a slob. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry to derail us. Let's, let's. I was like,
2: yeah, so let's start with the end of the movie. I th-
1: it's a time travel movie. Time is weird in here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This movie's a lot of fun. Uh, this movie, I forgot how fun this movie is. It's and it's great because it's still kind of a, a slasher. It still has that that slasher template, but it is much more comedic than it has any right to be. It's bizarre, which is odd because I wouldn't call it a horror comedy.
2: Yeah, it all. It's it's almost. Well, especially when you 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 factor in the addition of the second one, it's definitely comedy first.
1: I I agree. It is it is more comedy than horror, but I would I still wouldn't call it a horror comedy. It's just it, it is fun. Like, I think I'm just gonna keep jumping back to that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I almost wish wish the slasher elements were a little bit more prominent in the movie because the beginning half of the movie, obviously, it's before we're introduced to the time loop stuff. It is straight slasher. Yeah. Uh, And it's a little bit on high speed because obviously the the plot of the story is only five minutes long, so we can repeat it. Yeah. I want more of Tree vs. Babyface. And after that, like, first initial loop, um, and we get it a bit in the second loop. The rest of vs. Babyface happens in like fast montages, Montage, which is great yeah. if you just want a volume of fun uh, kills and moments. You don't want volume of fun kills and moments. I'm into to serial killer movies for the cat and mouse and the the chase, I guess. Um, ah,
1: the chase. I
2: just want <laughs> I just want it played out a little bit. I want to see. You want more sequences
1: like where she's she's decided to stay home at the sorority, but the killer's already
2: there. Yeah, the, the first kill, honestly, is my favorite of the whole thing, where she's going under the bridge and Babyface has the little uh, music box, the birthday box. Yeah. And just how he's h- hiding in plain sight because he's the mascot. Like, that doesn't get played with enough. I want to see more slasher type moments, but unfortunately because there's so many other elements that they want to add to the story. They add the time loop, they add uh, a bit of a who done it mystery, uh Alas Scream. Yeah. And they also add wanted to make this like heartfelt character change from tree at the beginning to tree at the end. This had yeah. to make her grow. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a little we we're, we're Heavily invested on making sure Tree is a good person at the end of this.
1: Well, I mean, it helps that she's a pretty shitty person at the beginning. I love
2: her so. (laughs) That's true, and I mean to.
1: Okay, so you like her in the beginning. That's fine. You like her when she's mean, but could you imagine living with
2: her? That would suck. She's awful, but it's so- <laughs> You say that with such a smile on your face. <laughs> it's so refreshing because, I don't know, sometimes I want my protagonist to be Dex.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, like, it does help that the head of the sorority-
2: Oh, yes. I love... She's my favorite character, because she's, she's the worst. <laughs> I know. How do you...
1: <laughs> she is such a terrible person, which is great, because she is such a highlight of the second movie. She's like the MVP in Happy Death Day to You. So talking about that first kill that you're so obsessed with, my favorite part of that first kill is when the knife is finally revealed. It's got such a cool fucking sound. And like, that's becoming something the that I-
2: The Yeah.
1: So it, that's the thing. It's not quite a schling. It's almost like- um
2: The unsheathing. Yeah. So like, <laughs> sure.
1: That's what we'll call it. And like- I like
2: schling better. Some, some movies have a better
1: schling, schling than others. You know,
2: my favorite schling? Side note. My favorite schling is the schling at the end of Underworld when Kate Beckinsale's doing that big sci-fi jump. Uh, when she's having her like face off with Papa Victor.
1: You're talking about specifically when she cuts Papa Victor.
2: Yeah, and she cuts his head off. So spoiler alert. And there's the biggest schling of all time. And it's got like nine inch nailsy type musical underneath <laughs> it. But you they turned that schling up to like hundred and twenty percent. Everybody who knows Underworld heard the schling in their head while I was describing well, this. It.
1: Yeah, of course. Do you
2: know the schling? I know the schling. Okay, are you sure? Okay, describe your schling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's it's almost like a gunshot. Like it is very. It's it it sounds like the knife is going in. I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like a punch.
2: Oh, are it's you talking just, about the stab? No, I'm
1: not, I'm not actually talking about You're the. Talking stab. You're talking about
2: the unsheet thing. I'm talking about the, the schling. <it's>,
1: None of these are my words, and they're all coming out of my mouth. Sorry, tell your story. Most it's not. God damn it. This was supposed to be eight seconds of my life. And here we are, halfway through the podcast, just lingering on this. Fuck. Tell your story. Oh, yeah, no, thank you for giving me the floor. I'm- so no, yeah, it's it's most movies will do a sling, And it sounds like the knife is being like dragged across a stone, but it's like it's coming out of somebody's pocket usually, you know what I mean? <laughs> like
2: it's got like, like, so, like uh, sandpaper in there just yeah, to make like- Just a, to make a, that sound. Just a sense. little friction. Oh, I, did,
1: I brought the sharpening stone with me so I could go schling <laughs> as I took it out. But like it shouldn't sound like that. It should never sound like that. But in this, it's it sounds so fucking good. But now I've become obsessed at, at paying attention to movies when the killer's knife or weapon is first revealed. And um, if I remember correctly, like Scream's got a really good one, too, uh, like kind of across the whole franchise. But I, I like it. When do you the... think
2: the Scream... No, sorry, this is kind of a side note. That's okay. Do you think they picked up that knife at the first house they went to or do you think they came prepared? In Scream? Oh, I guess because they have to have the same knife, right? It has to be the exact same knife. Otherwise, you know, there were double dubla ghostface
1: that's a real good point right yeah because if one
2: of them had like a pink blade and the other one had a blue blade (laughs) that jig is up (laughs)
1: the jig's up those two strike me as the type that might go shopping for knives
2: and matching sneakers
1: yeah what's what's amazing to me is that uh, the knife has become famous in woodsboro and every killer knows which one to get
2: and the voice box too like the mall should just stop selling (laughs) voice boxes
1: (laughs) Either that or you get put on a list. Like, you go to buy that knife in a voice box, you're on the list.
2: Uh, While we were derailing the podcast, I had another kill that I remembered from Happy Death Day Uh that I really enjoyed. And it's kind of just, like, an opportunistic kill because it was just, like, wrong place, wrong time for everybody except for Babyface. Mm -hmm. Where Tree finally realizes that she might be able to break the loop by getting arrested uh, after she's pulled over by a police officer. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And then Babyface causes a wee car accident. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, being resourceful as Babyface is, uses the gasoline that's leaking from the tank and drops a motherfucking birthday candle. Right. Oh, I, you know, I saw that in the original trailer, but when I first saw it, when we saw this movie in the theater, I still was like...
1: It's a great touch. Like, it's so good. <laughs>
2: Made my day.
1: I love to think of Tori bringing that cupcake with her everywhere.
2: Like the whole day. Just yeah. Like, I'm going
1: to go to eat oh. this fucking cake. Maybe she just has the candles in her pocket. Maybe that's all it is.
2: That's that's pretty funny. Like, OK, I got my knife, got my killer mask. You're going to the extra candles because I spent one ninety nine at Dollar Tree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, well, you know what? We never actually get to see her post-killing tree. Maybe she sets a scene. Like, maybe, like, you've got, oh, man, like, the crime scene photos, every single one of them. Tree's dead, blood everywhere. Single cupcake. Candle burned right down to the frosting.
2: The weird thing, so we learn about halfway through the film that Rumi Tori is doing it. Um, but she's setting it up conveniently because there is a serial murder serial murderer currently being treated at the local teaching hospital,
1: whose type just happens to be girls like, who look like trees.
2: Yeah, it's like coeds is yeah. his type, yeah, and so she's co-eds. going to let him free, uh, throw a little baby mask in his satchel, and she's going to get away scot free. The baby mask thing seems like a pretty specific M O, but. I think because that character is brought into the to the who done it like so late in the game, it's just like ah, eh, this will just work. <laughs> this works fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if he needed to escape the hospital. In a college town, I guess
2: that's very true. Very... Like that's an easy
1: way to blend yeah, in. That's so because it does seem like people are wearing those masks all over the place. It's
2: also kind of weird that that teaching hospital has like a clock tower, but <laughs> 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 maybe it was just like an unfinished elevator shaft with a lot of stairs in it. <laughs> no, it was a total clock tower.
1: <laughs> total clock tower, yeah. Because she she hangs herself off like the rope that the that they, they use to ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's a good scene.
2: Yeah, I I, I got to admit, though, like when we first watched this movie, when they introduced the serial killer plot, at first I was a little confused.
1: You thought it was too much?
2: And I was kind of let down. I was just like, mm, you can't introduce the killer so late. I mean, in the end, it all worked out, and I really like the, the mystery uh, that they crafted. But that first watch, I was definitely really disappointed that it was just like this random stranger comes to town. Uh, Do you remember how you felt about it? Were you on board with, like, ooh, random serial killer? I remember
1: thinking that it was an odd choice. Um, But I knew that it was too early in the movie to be... The
2: final... Yeah, yeah. like, there had to be
1: something else to it.
2: Also, just how much effort the babyface killer went to get Tree in all those different scenarios. Yeah, because
1: it's, like, what... What kind of recon was this guy doing yeah like he's before very he got to targeted. the hospital yeah cause he really seeks her out and
2: I'm sure he's in there for a reason like what if he's got like appendicitis or something oh yeah that's like, so true what if he's something?
1: like I don't want to go <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have surgery in the morning <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't eaten for 12 hours. I'm cleared out and prepped for this.
0: And
2: Tori's just like kicking him like, go kill her.
0: I'll do it tomorrow.
2: <laughs>
1: just retreats back into his college self once he hits campus. Oh, That's man. funny. And I also remember thinking that the ending was just a little, like, not maybe not abrupt, but once it was revealed that it was Tori, it seemed clean.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm
1: into it now. I like it.
2: And I think also, too, because Tori's motive was pretty simple it was like you're sleeping with the same teacher i'm sleeping with and it hurts my feelings yeah there was nothing set up for that previously i i mean i guess tori was a little irritated at tree when she was getting in the elevator at the beginning of the movie because she knew where she like she knew she didn't have classes in the hospital I was like what are you doing here Well, what's, what's
1: interesting about that part is that she's already failed at trying to kill her she tried to give her the cupcake. True. She didn't eat the cupcake. She sees her again, and it's like she's giving her a warning. like Because at this point, she it hasn't occurred to her to let the serial killer free so she could kill her herself. I think it's after that elevator sequence where she goes, oh, this bitch is going down. Oh, true. I tried to kill her. It didn't work. We're back to square one. Or maybe like, whoo, okay, uh, let's put that idea behind us. But when she's like, hey, you know, you should really maybe it's none of my business, but I don't I think this is a dangerous game you're playing. She's like, yeah, you're right. It is none of your business. Fuck off, Tori. Like that's her signing her life away.
2: Yeah. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, because maybe she didn't have any intentions to be babyface. Until the cupcake was thrown on the ground. Yeah. Which is a really interesting way to watch the movie.
1: You know what I love about this movie? Makes it
2: way more impulsive.
1: She's an evil person. And not because she's trying to kill Tree or or because she successfully kills Tree like a thousand times. But uh, because she knows that it was her mother's birthday. When she yeah. comes into the dorm, she's like, oh, it's my mom's birthday. I know it's a tough day or whatever for you and your dad. Here, have this poison Have some cake. poison, yeah!
2: <laughs> like, this is going to fuck her dad up forever. Yeah. She, well, Tree's obviously, like, super annoying, though, and she's probably hated her for a real long time. Yeah, that's The true. weird thing, like, so I understand why we don't get Tori more, but in the few scenes we see her, they play her like a real goody-goody, and that's purely so we don't suspect her, but... Knowing that she's the murderer, I wish there were more scenes with her because I love that that killer that's so resentful that mm. they they resort yeah, yeah, yeah. to killing and it's so against their nature because she's obviously like she comes off as like an overachiever especially because the rest of the sorority don't seem to like her and the she's never around well in the head sorority girl like low key in one of the in one of the loops says something about like getting rid of her
1: oh yeah
2: uh, I think it's at the party maybe when they have a little bit of back and forth okay. So we can't get more Tori because obviously the more time we spend with her, they're going to have to divulge um, more of her animosity towards Tree. But I wish we got to see more of her because I I want to see that kind of resentment leaking out. But obviously it would it would give us too much evidence.
1: It didn't even occur. Like, you're right. They can't do that. But it didn't even occur to me until you were talking about um, the sorority jerk Uh, (laughs) talking shit about about Tori. Uh, it's because she's not at the party. That's why she's mad. It's they're all supposed to go as a group and do stuff together. Yeah. And like she is at the party. She's just dressed up like a killer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's just busy working. (laughs) Which
1: leads to my favorite kill of the movie, the fucking pleasure dome. The pleasure dome. It's so funny. It's so cringe. And it just it works so well. By the way, didn't notice until we watched it a second time last night. There's a dioptic shot in that scene where she's she sort of turned her back oh, to his dumb dance. Oh, and she's texting dance. or whatever. Yeah, like because she's in focus texting, and in the background we see we see Tori as the babyface killer come in and kill him. And oh, that scene plays out like Gangbusters. I love it. It is a
2: fun scene. Like that's really playing with like the traditional slasher format because. Yeah. Um, like, we've already had that guy dressed up as the baby face. And so she's disarmed. Um, but she still kind of has the memory of being murdered before. <laughs> right. So she's also a little on edge. And, then and like, even
1: if none of that happened, it's like, nobody wants this, buddy. <laughs>
2: like,
1: this is, <laughs> this is bad.
2: Yeah. And then also he's just like, that's fuck. <laughs> yeah, right. In my weird, like, bro room. Oh, boy. Bro room of should be shame. <laughs> oh, it's
1: so gross. It's...
2: Bro room of shame is like a t-shirt I want now
1: that's a good t-shirt that's a flag you should just make and hand out to dudes as they <laughs> sign up for, for, for friends <laughs> but uh but also she's like
2: it's a little loud in here
1: and she literally can't hear him being murdered
2: <laughs> yeah that's pretty wonderful
1: oh boy yeah oh and the fact that when she gets into the room there is a moment where she's like oh look a huge crazy weird bong which is
2: oh yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> which, uh, which which, Tori, the baby face killer, ends up smashing and stabbing her in the throat with.
2: It's so That'd be so smelly. Good,
1: yeah, I know, that's the stinkiest death. Also, nobody's gonna see that crime scene and relay that info to her dad and not think like, well, here we go. Another weed death in the books. <laughs> like 420 kills, kids. I want you to remember that. This girl got so high that she was stabbed in the face with a bong. Drugs kill, kids. What do you think about Carter in this movie?
2: Mm, I was just going to bring that up. Okay. The So there's two things about this movie that I'm not totally down with. I'm I hope not- it's not
1: the hallway shots because I think the hallway shots in this movie are great.
2: Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, I was going to say the love story and the uh, connecting with dad, my mom's dead story. Oh, yeah. I have to admit, you know, if I watch this, if this movie catches me on the right day, uh, I'll totally get a little watery eyed when sure. Tree has her big um, sad log yeah. when she visits dad for tea or whatever. But otherwise, it just feels like, stop pulling at my heartstrings for the sake of closing out this movie. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, which is maybe a little catty of me, but I want caddy Tree. <laughs> <laughs> And if, if we get her a decent boyfriend and um, rebonding with her dad, she doesn't get to be a deck in part two. So I don't know. I just like her evil. And I know we have to like grow as a character. But like, do we have to grow that much?
1: You don't think they're going to completely reset everything once? Well, I guess we did that in Happy Death Day too oh i hope in happy death day three that girl who's sitting out in the porch just like listening to music when tree comes home gets like a whole story arc. i know because loves- they
2: totally did that with uh, carter's roommate yeah he was literally just like did you bang that fine vagina and then in, in part two he's like top bill <laughs> yeah exactly
1: he's the protagonist oh it's good
2: yeah it's pretty great. oh
1: man you know they're still what's up with that car we still haven't figured out why the car is going off right the car alarm yeah
2: does it matter
1: no, but there's that is laying the foundation for a trilogy. I know oh, it. Boy. I know it. Do you think they knew what they were going to do with the rolling blackouts? Like, my question, I guess, is one, was were the rolling blackouts there specifically so we could have a marker of time? And, like, there are things happening that signify repetition? Or was it there as foundation for the sequel or is it both like is it just like oh here's electricity we could do something with electricity yeah i think it
2: was like an opportune thing like it it was a nice little um uh i guess learning moment in part one because tree is repeated the time like the day so much that she knows the exact moment when the blackout is yeah which which is fun when the alarm goes off and it saves her from being murdered by that gross serial killer Mm -hmm. and then yeah but like when you're doing a second one and you're like let's go hard into this time travel bit Uh, it's just a perfect little nugget to tie the two together. Yeah. There definitely won't be a part three though. You don't think so? No, I, uh, I think Jason Blum tweeted about it after part two. Oh, really? Um, because people were just like, what is this not horror movie? I remember that. And I don't know if it made as much money as they had wanted, which is sad because, uh, I love when a movie does a weird thing. And part two definitely did a weird thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, Christopher Landon can definitely build out a universe. So,
2: yeah, I think the problem is is that part three would if if they continue on this like sci fi journey takes it away from like what we know and love from Team Blumhouse.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Because now we're into like the government, right? Yeah. Like,
2: (laughs) I I think it's like a lot less Blum than we're used to.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's gonna be the whole world. It's gonna be a particle accelerator. And like only one person knows that the whole world keeps looping. It's yesterday, but happy death, happy death yesterday,
2: happy death yesterday. death. Oh, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: and this is why there isn't a third one.
2: <laughs> Did you say your favorite kill of the? It's the
1: pleasure dome. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much fun. That and when she gets hit in the head with the baseball bat and she falls onto the pillow. Like, oh, that's
2: a good one. Yeah, it
1: just looks fantastic. Yeah,
2: especially because in like it's all, it's all uh, only part of a montage, so we don't get to see much of that whole day. Yeah. Um, but in it, and I only noticed it this last time that we watched it, she's still wearing Carter's shirt in that day. Yes, yeah. So that when her head does the flip from being hit with the baseball bat to falling so gently onto the bed, she's in her morning clothes. Yep. Which is perfect so smart yeah that was just like a great like who cares what happened in that day for her not to change it was just a.
1: actually it does uh, it doesn't make sense because she's supposed to have fallen asleep in her um in her like going out party shirt
2: oh yeah oh well
1: yeah i don't give a shit still works yeah it's great why does that guy okay this is the last thing i need to bring up <laughs> <laughs> in the loop where she's being a nice person you know carter has just saved her life Uh, everything's looking rosy. She's met the guy of her dreams and she's going to be a nice person from now on. And she brings the pillow to like put under the guy so he falls gently. She warns everybody about the... um, Sprinklers. The sprinklers. But she takes that weird like... She takes that weird like goth kid's sunglasses. Goth's not even the right word. He's just like... Like the unofficial seventh member of Velvet Underground. Why does he let her take his sunglasses? They look expensive. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get to ratings?
2: I think... Yeah, I think I've, I think we've covered it all. Okay. I mean, th- that's the thing about this movie, too, is that it's just very, like, fast and fun. And there's not a whole lot to it at the end of the day. Like, which is weird to say because it's, like, a time loop movie that deals with time travel and all kinds of stuff like that. But it's... It's not too deep of a movie. Yeah, um, doesn't have to be. No, and I mean, it's I think it's PG thirteen. Like it, the target age group is new horror fans, young horror fans. So like, I think this is a perfect movie. Uh, if this had to come out when I was in high school, oh yeah, I would have lost my mind. Can you?
1: Oh, can you imagine if you were in high school like right now? Like your favorite movies would be Happy Death Day and Ready or Not. not that- oh man. Yeah. Right. High school. You ready yeah. for that?
2: That's fun.
1: And then somebody slides across like your 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 detention room desk like, yo, you should check out this classic movie. It came out a long time ago. It's called Underworld. I think you're going to like it.
2: <laughs> Schling!
1: <laughs> so ratings, how would you rate Happy Death Day?
2: Um, I'm going to give Happy Death Day uh two and a half out of four.
1: I think that might have been how you rated it in the movie theater, too. I'm giving Happy Death Day a three out of four because it's got that 0.5 fun bump.
2: <laughs> fun bump?
1: Yeah, got that fun bump
2: did you give it a schling bump
1: no (laughs) i should (laughs) i should it's got good foley artists (laughs) giving it that fun foley bump
0: nightmare on film street is listener supported we'd like to take this moment to thank our patrons are you ready Thanks! Want to join the Fiend Club? Hightail it to patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street.
1: Moving on, we're gonna talk about another time loop movie that's quite a bit more serious. We're talking about Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead's The Endless.
2: Whoever's watching, I just wanted to say the ascension is something that we've all been looking forward to. We couldn't be happier. I want to
0: go back. One day, one night, we come straight back. Good to see you too.
1: What the to Dickens brings you all the way out here? Just thought we'd visit while you're uh, here. We're always here.
2: I used to make a lot of your clothes,
0: you remember that? They're all in like their 40s, they just look young, it's weird. I come back now. The video you sent.
2: My video. How is that possible?
0: You wanna know what runs all this? You go find it.
1: Who's next? We can't go back to our lives. Also from 2017, The Endless is currently sitting at a is currently sitting at a 6.5 out of ten on IMDB. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. 3.5 out of 4 at RogerEbert.com, 80% on Metacritic and 3.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd.
2: So we've seen this movie a few times.
1: Sure have. Few times. Yep. A few times. What are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? Uh, I
2: time looped. It Very was good. good.
1: Yeah, I was here to witness it. Thanks. We're out now. Oh, songs explosion.
2: We escaped. Ah, this movie. Um, I would like to read this movie as a book. If that. Makes oh,
1: sense. I'm with you. Yeah,
2: this feels like the best book I have never read. Okay. <laughs> I do really enjoy this movie because it has such a well thought out premise. So interesting and engrossing and just like I'm completely invested in every new um, scenario the movie wishes to show me. Okay. I have to say, though, there are still a lot of like questions I have Mm -hmm. and the movie, especially getting into it because the way the film starts, every time I watch it, I feel like I have missed something at the beginning.
1: Like, right at the beginning? Yeah.
2: I almost feel like it's uh, a sequel, and it's kicking off right after the last one ended. Okay. And it's like, I have this weird, like, where was the previously on kind of feeling. You know what I mean? Sure. And maybe it's because the two lead brothers are already out of this cult. They are kind of well on their life, and they're already at the point where they're like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. And then they get this random tape, and we're being reintroduced to like the life they left behind through these conversations they're having with um like a cult therapist or like a Like a deprogramming... I think,
1: yeah, that's how they refer to it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they've they've been out of the cult for 10 years, they get the mysterious videotape, and one of them, Aaron, wants to go back.
2: Yeah. Because
1: he doesn't... He has no memory of it being bad. It's just kind of like a cool commune that these really nice people lived at, where we ate lots of great food and stuff, and he can't help but look at his current life where they are... Uh, Like living paycheck to paycheck, barely paying their bills. I think they're on some sort of disability. Like that's why they're still in deprogramming therapy 10 years out. Yeah. And uh, he's just, he's hating it.
2: That the I guess the weird thing is, is that, like, we're never fully told the story at the beginning, what the cult was like and why they left it and the scenario surrounding why they left it. Because we see these glimpses um, that they escaped, but their memories are hazy and vague of the cult. I found myself asking you several times throughout the movie, like, how long have they been out of this cult? Just because of how, like, hazy the memories are and stuff. It's almost like maybe I would have been happier if there was just a paragraph... At the beginning of the movie, like, one of those superimposed, like, in 2008, Aaron and Anna (laughs) left the something-something cult because they were going to suicide themselves. (laughs) Yeah. And that never happened, and now they're sad about it. And then the movie starts. I, I just needed something because... We find out that Justin's motivations for leaving the cult were were true, were honest. He did kind of stretch how upfront and devious the cult actually was in order to fully cut ties between um, his brother and himself and the cult, if that makes sense.
1: You know, totally. I think he also maybe, you know what, do you think maybe the haziness is part of it, though? Like, do you think the fact that They have been out of there. Man, this is going to start getting real deep. I hope you've seen The Endless, guys. (laughs) We are going to start getting very deep into it. It's available on Netflix. It's available on Hoopla. If you don't have Netflix, you can watch it for free through your library right now. Um, If
2: your library has Hoopla.
1: If your library has Hoopla. I mean, there are opportunities and there are ways to see this. And... It is a incredibly well thought out movie. And every time we watch it, I see something new and I have a better understanding of it. And unfortunately, I think we kind of need to talk about it as a whole. And we're going to pull from bits of the end and the middle and stuff even right now. But do you think that that the fact that they've left the cult area is part of... is Do like, you think things are hazy because they're not there?
2: Yeah, maybe. But should they be all the way hazy for... Us as the audience.
1: Okay, sure. I see what you're saying. That's if fine. we
2: superimpose some text at the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> or got it previously on. <laughs> you know that number
1: one rule in in movie making: tell me, don't show me.
2: <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> um. Yeah. I um, maybe it's just because this movie is unlike others in that it does require several watchings. Because like I would say that m- the last time I watched it was the first time I realized that, like, where the tape came from, that they were sent initially. Because I was like, why did this girl send them the tape? Why is she lying? The, like, for the last, like, four times I've watched it.
1: But you, you sort of explain that away as cult behavior, right? You know, like, they, they want them back. They sent them this weird tape. And it sounds like in the tape they might be ready to commit suicide or something, right? Like, But, and, but is... why
2: would you be primed to, like, I want to go back! From that creepy tape we got
1: i know that's that's the weird thing about aaron but he has no memories of it being a scary place yeah. and based on the tapes they haven't killed themselves and everything's cool and i mean realistically the only reason we look at that tape as being anything weird and creepy is because of what we think of cults like the tape really is just a hey guys you know if you come by and we're not here just let you know we'll why be back would they soon. come by though it's not the tape's not for them specifically. Mm. She like when they when they talk to her later and he asks her why'd you send the tape and she says I didn't. Uh, and the, the the video tape that they recorded was just one that they left in case somebody came by.
0: Mm.
1: If we can move away from the video tape, that's ah uh, so. <laughs> god damn, god damn! There's so much to talk about in this movie. There's, there's, there's almost too much to talk about in this movie. And I think maybe part of what makes it maybe a little harder to watch than some other movies is that this movie that these guys made, who they are starring in and playing characters that have the same names as them, which is maybe possibly very important, I'm not sure, also deals with their career, like their whole career leading up to that. What movie. What are
2: you talking? what am i
1: talking about they go to their own movie in this movie like they go to their first movie and there's video there's video footage of them as cult members when they're like 17 18 that's from a failed project that they put together when they were younger really so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're, um, do you remember the characters that they, um, that Justin goes to see in, like, the Unfinished hex? Yeah,
2: so I know that because I did want to watch that movie before we recorded this. But alas, we, we have not.
1: For, from what I remember, because we have seen it before, but it's been a little while. Is
2: that a time loop movie?
1: I, I don't remember. <laughs> so, we watched it very late one night. Um, what I remember of a person is going to see a longtime friend that they've sort of... Um, gotten a little distance from and this person has become a drug addict and he's kind of just going to check in on him and see if he's okay and then he ends up chaining him up to get him to do a cold turkey kick right on drugs he's gonna he's gonna help him out he's gonna help him get sober and then they get a videotape while they're there of them like somebody's watching them Mm. and then it kind of gets eerie and weird from there literally that's all i remember that movie which is a shame because uh which, well, it's, it's a shame we didn't have time to watch it before this, but I don't think you need to know too much about that anyway. Like, it's 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 fun no- knowledge to know that, like, they're visiting one of their own films, and the footage of them as younger cult leaders, or as younger cult people, is uh, is from, is from a movie that they were working on but never released, where they play two people that are left behind when a cult ascends.
2: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah,
1: so now they're searching the world for their cult. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, and they're trying to figure out how to ascend. But uh, I guess they didn't like it, and they, they thought it was embarrassing. But it provided good footage for them when they were putting this together. Because hmm. it almost looks like, you know, them at the age when they left the cult in the storyline of, of this movie. TLDR. <laughs> this movie deals with loops. And there are several loops within the movie. And as the characters sort of explore outside of the cult, we realize just how short or just how long some of those loops are. In fact, they find a loop that is literally only five seconds. And then they find another loop. The cult, which we reveal later, is 10 years long. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Go on. Yeah, like, where do we go from here? I think it's kind of interesting that Aaron wants to go back, like, right as the loop is about to
2: Cl- like, close or start or, again. Yeah, yeah,
1: start again. Because by the sounds of it, I would think they left right before it.
2: Last time.
1: Yeah, because Justin was starting to get these feelings that like, oh, we are building towards something and they're about to quote unquote ascend or whatever because they they worship whatever it is that resets this loop. Yeah. And they, they escaped just in time because if they hadn't, they would be stuck there with them forever looping the same 10 years over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Also, man, okay, so can we maybe just take a step back from the movie?
2: Sure. Don't say it like that. <laughs> we sure can.
1: What do you think of the loops?
2: I as? Oh. <laughs> I thought you were just asking my opinion in general. Yeah. And I oh, I t- Love Loop. <laughs> yeah, can I get a quick can I get a quick pulse check on loops? Love loop. Okay. <laughs> uh, the guy in the like World War One tent with his like two and a half second loop. Okay. That is The greatest thing I've ever seen. I
1: think that was like on our best scares of 2017. I
2: would watch that terrifying shit. On like, ugh.
1: so do you th- we need to
2: put sound on gifs because that's what I would like. Oh. Like that is the greatest thing ever. What a that horrible makes existence. this whole movie for me. If that scene wasn't in there, I'd be like, yeah, Endless was okay, but that just is. That is the scariest scenario for this loop ship.
1: Yeah, especially because he only lives long enough to realize that he has to kill himself. It, oh man.
2: <laughs> and because the the loop monster or the loop alien or whatever, the loop god yep. will make cuz we find out the death that the at the end of the loop is far worse than anything you could inflict upon yourself. Yeah. Which is romantic for the fucked up cult for at the, the top of the, the hill. Cult, yeah. But for somebody whose loop is only 3 seconds long, like that's insane.
1: Do you think that this cuz it, it it also does seem like the loops are continually getting longer and longer? Is the, we'll call it a god. Does that sound fine? Sure. Do you Do you want to call it an alien or a god?
2: I don't know. I don't really like the, the big being in the, the sea. The entity.
1: I don't, mm, uh, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that is looping everything. Yeah. Either it's gotten better at it or it's wanted. To get longer and longer loops. How
2: do you know that the loops are getting longer? Like, where are you supposing that?
1: I'm supposing that from the fact that the shortest one we have is the oldest person. Because he is definitely
2: oh! explorer
1: type, almost. Like, I would say he is the first person that's encountered that area. Okay. And it's almost, maybe, maybe it's literally just that you if you think of this thing, this entity as some sort of scientist, like it's discovered humans in the same way that humans have discovered it, it's kind of like a little plaything for them. Like, "Mm, I wonder what this thing does. And then they kill it. And then they just kind of like keep killing it over and over and see like what kills it and what it's made of. And so that's why this guy's only in the shortest loop. And then they think, well, maybe this, these things, these humans are worth more than that. Let's give it Let's give it 10 minutes and see what it does. Hmm. Then
2: let's give it an hour and see what it does. That's a very good theory. How I always looked at it was like more like topical like a map and treated it almost like what a coral would look like and how you have all these different loops and depending on how wide the space is, is the amount of time. Like how deep the loop is, is by like the... um, The radius of the loop, like the to the like gun nut tweaker guy, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. um, has like a I am I think they have a couple hours because it's just like the property around the house. And then there's that guy that lives in the shed, and he only has a couple of hours because it's just his shed, yeah. But the cult has a ton of time because they have a whole commune.
1: Yes, what's interesting about the cult is that they really use their time to master something yeah like they really look at their time as purposeful which is kind of like if if there is a thing that is making the loop either the thing made the loop that long because it wants to see what those people do or those people are only doing something because they think the thing wants it to do a thing
2: i also think that they need to like give themselves purpose otherwise they're gonna go mad. they're gonna go
1: mad yeah yeah totally and like so some of them master beer making and some of them master card tricks and and magic and photography like whatever like it's it's like they they have their own little thing um and they they just focus on it over and over again so these guys are filmmakers ah <laughs> oh, man there's I don't know where to uh, start unpacking stuff in this movie. So given that Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who are acting in their own movies, are filmmakers and Resolution, uh, a movie of theirs, is inside these loops. Do you ever wonder if the loops are all ideas they've had? Ooh. And the bigger the loop, the better the idea, or the more detailed the idea. Because like, they're
2: more developed as film- filmmakers.
1: Yeah. You have ideas for short films or for movies, but sometimes all you have is an image. Like maybe a guy scared in a tent who commits suicide. This but is you wonderful don't know why. to think
2: of this as um, almost like biographical or like. Um, yes. Yeah. Like they
1: are walking through their own ideas.
2: Yeah. And now- they're deciding where they want to stay is like, fuck.
1: Now, can I ask you something? Like, are you ever happy with anything you make? Like, whether it's a screenplay or a review when or a new, podcast When it's new, but then episode? whenever you
2: revisit it, you're just like, ugh. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and it's out there forever and it's done and there's nothing you can do about it and it's almost cruel to let that thing you've created exist imperfectly. And there's nothing you can do about it. And people especially if it's a movie, people will just continue to watch it. Oh
2: my god, I've never looked at this. Why have you never had this discussion with me before?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Like maybe it's because I I knew we'd do it on a podcast. Or we just shit. We just never I never watched it it like that. But here's the other thing too is like I think they are maybe not simplifying, but like trying to simplify the idea of life. Everything is a loop. Your nine to five job is a loop. There's your easiest loop that people can relate to. But the idea that, you know, you have kids and then those kids grow up and they have kids. Or maybe even if just if you believe in reincarnation, like life is a loop. Even if you don't believe in reincarnation, the universe is expanding and it will implode. And then it will be another big bang and it will start over again. Because and your atoms are going to be something
2: else, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, right. But it's still going to be a loop. Yeah. And I, I one thing I keep flip flopping on when we watch this movie is whether the loop is bad or not. Like is the is the outside of the loop the world where they have said it's worth struggling to be a filmmaker, or is the world where like inside the cult the the it's worth being a filmmaker because you dedicate your entire life to something over and over, and at the end it's still not going to be satisfying, but you've mastered it. Like I'm I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure, and especially the discussions between Aaron and Justin. It sounds like the life where they're where they're working really shitty minimum wage jobs. Where the the what what kept them going was a promise of something. Is the filmmaker grind or just the artistic grind? Hmm. Also, if I, if I'm just in the,
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just absorbing your. I know, your and your if, if I'm
1: just unpacking ideas here, it is really interesting when you think about uh, those loops as being part of their creative process and they have become characters in their own thing that uh that car crash where their their mother died and they were saved by the members of the cult is the beginning of the loop that's the barrier of the loop yeah so as character I was
2: going to ask you about that what you, what your theory was because it's very if we didn't pair this with um uh, with like a time traveling movie i wanted to pair it with hereditary eventually and called it markers on the road ooh yeah because i feel like there's a big significance where where the car accident happened but i have no idea what it is
1: well it's something that you commonly see in film but it is it is true about people in real life and like un- you know unfortunately traumatic experiences can define you yeah and you have to well
2: and like, yeah like there's a before and an after like yeah. before their mom died, and after their mom died, like that's exactly. a big uh, tent pole in their life. But
1: there is also so a, maybe it's
2: yeah, like the start of another loop for them. But
1: it, it's also an after your mom died, and after you accepted a life without her, like there is like let's let's call it the the grieving process, you know, where you've got denial and bargaining and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. blaming and everything. You have to you have to grow out of that, and you have to you have to evolve as a character. And it, it's it's they don't really fully accept that and that they have to leave their past behind and become new people until the end of the movie when they leave their loop. It's interesting because, like, they are almost the creators of that loop, in my mind. Okay,
2: so, like, that's a loop that's controlled by them. They live
1: there for ten years, Hmm. and the the loop is ten years long, and they come back again ten years later. It's like they can never escape that loop.
2: But it's like a loop of their own making kind of thing? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's... That's some deep shit, John. But it's... You know, this is way different than what I wanted to talk about with this... With this uh, film, I wanted to talk about what we think about the tug a rope theory.
1: <laughs> yeah, what's up with that tuggle rope I mean, you know, if you want to talk, the struggle is real. I think that's all what it is. What is that
2: game? I don't understand. Why are they playing with the big alien in the sky? Um, what does it mean? <laughs> I, th-
1: I, I, I don't know. I don't want to get, like, too weird about it or anything. But I would like you to. I don't, but it doesn't, it doesn't... It... This is like my knee-jerk reaction to just be like, you're always fighting against something that you can't see and just like some unknown force who's bigger than you and stronger than you. But like if you're if you're determined enough, you can win. It's just like
2: it's weird, though. Like, why is a big omnipotent entity who can make time loops like playing team building games with a cult?
1: I mean, if you believe in God, why did God create a bunch of people who sit here and suffer and hate their lives, especially the person who made them? I don't really have an answer for you
2: about this. Tell me the tug of Rome. Rome. (laughs) I guess I'm just not too into the fact that the the God thing is like, the more I watch this, it's a more present entity. Mm -hmm. Like every time I see the film.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there are moments where you actually kind of see it.
2: Yeah. And like the fact that it drops like Polaroids and tapes and it gets them to go out in the boat and stuff. I guess I'm just not huge into the communicating part of it. Which is what sets off this whole movie into motion. Like, that's what sets the tape out. And so, like, that one thing, the fact that the the entity communicates through <laughs> dead media is, it seems almost beneath something that can twist time.
1: Now, I don't know 100% that this movie is everything that I'm talking about, you know. But all of that media that it's using to communicate with them is media that existed before uh, the timeline of the movie. Which is essentially the way I see it like influence and um, inspiration. Like, ideas come to you, and unfortunately, they're good, and unfortunately, you're gonna follow them through to the end, and it's gonna take 10 years of your life to do it.
2: So you're just, you're just more on this, this filmmaker theory. Yeah. If you don't have that filmmaker theory, like, what do you chalk it up to?
1: I, well, I would chalk it up to the same idea, but it doesn't have to be about filmmaking. It can just be about, um, like, inspiration for how to live your life, or just, like, uh, thoughts that go into your head and just dictate what you do. I I have a hard time not looking at this as as a movie about the creative process. Like it doesn't have to be about film. It could be about painting. It could be about whatever the fuck, right? But um, the fact that we like go into their movies and stuff is is really what makes me really solidify that down. It's like it, I, I bring it up all the time, but like David
2: Lynch's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Twin Peaks season three. I swear to God, they treat the characters as though the characters realize their Welcome own to existence. You,
2: John theory. The, the new segment that you—that's not really a new segment,
1: because it's here every week.
2: Get go on like John Twin Peak Theory.
1: I th- I think it's like you you treat these characters with so much respect, and you think about them so much that they become real to you, and that you imagine that they have lives outside of the page. Or outside of the movie, and that's kind of what's happening here. It's it's almost like Lisa going into the the little tooth land. I love know? using
2: that as like, <laughs> I love referencing that segment. It's the best like,
1: like somebody little experience- god story. Yeah, yeah. somebody experiencing their own creation. Yeah, in, in any way. But yeah, that's, that's- I've,
2: cle- I've created Lutherans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Give me some magazines
2: <laughs> and some shows. nice ones.
1: Yeah, I feel like I just wasted this entire podcast in just asking you a few questions. Uh, And I'm sorry about that. I don't have, like, answers for a lot of it. I think some of it's just fucking cool. Like, whatever. Like, eventually we'll figure it out. (laughs) But, like, for now, I'm just going to let it wash over me. Like, why is it so weird when those guys are picking up the beer?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Right? And everybody's giving shifty eyes. Okay, so here's one I want to talk about because I think it adds another fun little um, side story to the main loopy loop. Yep. Justin, like, kind of separates from the bonfire, and he meets the, the sad woman who's looking for her husband.
1: Yeah, who's the guy from the movie Resolution.
2: Yes, and yeah. we find that out late, later yeah, on yeah, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But she is not, like, indoctrinated by the cult, if that makes no. sense. Like, she is just, like, over their nonsense. But also, the, the lead of the cult has kind of promised her that, that they would find her husband, but we we know that the cult can't leave their circle and they know that they're they're not going to be able to help her so like what's going on there
1: i think they trust in their creator
2: are they just trying to catch her in the loop though because at the very end um before the loop ends or reloops or whatever we catch her like she just speeds past the screen on like on a bicycle to like i assume get the fuck out of there before the loop closes
1: she can't escape though i I think it's just one of those like frustrated trying to like like that guy do you think she's
2: already looped do you think oh
1: yeah she's definitely stuck there oh yeah i think she just so
2: i think that's just a sign that this cult is awful and that the cult leader is a huge dink How would he, why would he let her loop? And why would he promise her that he could help her find her husband?
1: You know, um, I grew up going to church. And there were plenty of times where I saw some people that really looked like they felt they were promised something that they weren't getting. And the answer was essentially to continue believing in that promise. And even as a kid, I saw that and thought it was very.
2: That's really sad.
1: Not right. But, I mean, if you are, if you're a person of faith, you're supposed to have faith. Like, the idea of having faith is not questioning it. It's about having faith. It's about that you are giving yourself over to a higher power, and it is the better thing. And, like, whether or not you have all the answers, or even if it has all the answers, that we are all better by having faith. It's like, if we all have the same idea, then the same idea is good. And I think Mm. that's maybe part of what it's come to, like...
2: Side note on the, the promise things. I I don't know if I've told you this before. So, like, let's just do this live on the podcast. Yeah. When I was in high school, I mm-hmm. got really sick. Uh-huh. Um, I almost died. I didn't. Yeah. I'm good.
1: We're all very happy about that.
2: Um, But uh, when I first got sick, uh, my grandma, who is a very devoutly religious woman, uh-huh. got so mad at God <laughs> that she didn't talk to him for a whole week. <laughs> <laughs> put me in a prayer circle and it was all better there you go yeah (laughs) yeah uh i remember you know like being really sick and getting a kick out of that (laughs) (laughs) like
1: oh grandma
2: (laughs) yeah yeah because she was like a devout woman like her entire adult life so and she was just like how dare you
1: it's funny like and then
2: she got she felt bad because she got mad at god
1: of course. Yeah, no, like, that's that's one of those, like, things that, like, you can't really understand the weight of it unless you've been with that character for 11 seasons. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, that's a big thing for Grandma to do.
2: Yeah. Man, that story about the religious childhood thing, that was really... Dark John.
1: I can't even necessarily give you specifics. I know, but, but know, I can like...
2: totally, I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. But
1: like the thing that's interesting about that too is is seeing how both of these people, per, like a person desperately in need and a who doesn't have answers and a person who doesn't really have answers but is is there for support. It's like at
2: the, yeah.
1: That's a weird one. Because like you can see in their eyes too that it's just like, I don't know if what I'm doing here is the right thing to do, but I've made, not not, not that I've made the decision, but it's like, this has always been the guiding principle for me,
2: and if I stop believing in it, then like i there's I can't do that because I have to continue in this loop, regardless.
1: yeah, and it, I think that's just where the the idea of of faith comes into play. Like yeah. it's just you have to have it. it you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. <laughs> I guess
2: the weird thing is that in that scenario where the wife is stuck in the the commune loop, the ten year loop, yeah, her husband is in the junkie loop. Him and his friend almost don't have a full memory of their loopage. Yes. Because he seems a lot more at ease and just like, not at the will of the loop, but they assume it's going to end at some point. And so he's kind of just like keeps shrugging it off and um until he can get out and see his wife and kid. But he still believes his kid's a baby.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I think there are there, there are definitely some moves that they take in this movie to to help you watch it without thinking of it as a movie about filmmaking or just create, like artistic like stuff. Like
2: regular viewers like <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding, uh, I'm kidding. It's been very insightful, John.
1: And I think that's part of it. I think I think her storyline helps with it. Um it's tough because it does seem like maybe this entity is trying to make bigger and bigger loops and by getting Justin and Aaron back it's that's kind of its attempt at making a bigger loop like it was able to send them a videotape how big is its loop is the world not just a big loop Mm. we circle around the sun we rotate like we're all part of that big bang that's going to eventually happen again like stop
2: with your end of the universe it's all a loop
1: (laughs) (laughs) but seriously like it's all a fucking loop
2: Yeah, you're right. Like,
1: where does the loop end?
2: The the Polaroids and stuff drop from the sky within the loop, so they're obviously in another loop to be able to get the tape in their apartment. Yeah,
1: nobody put it in a post box because they can't leave the loop. They can't do that. That entity has complete domain. Ew. Yeah, it's inescapable.
2: That's depressing.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) It's my brand.
2: Okay, so um, some fun chatter um yeah, kind of i'm sorry no i'm gonna take a some fun chatter
1: oh okay <laughs>
2: you are in a loop ah uh-huh. which character in this movie is your response like how would you react to being in a loop who's the best character to um Ooh. personify your reaction to being looped i'm definitely the guy that hangs himself in his shit yeah i am <laughs> very <mad>. angry <laughs> i fucking
1: love that scene where he gets on that bike and he's just staring out into the darkness at it Oh, it's good.
2: I just think it's funny how much effort he goes to getting a gun just so he can, like, kill himself with a gun for, like, five or six times.
1: Well, it's the only thing that he has any control over. Yeah. Which is, I mean, depending on what type of person you are, also true about life sometimes. Like, in your darkest moments.
2: John! (laughs) stop taking us there
1: i would be and it's not just because we we both have beards i would be that guy brewing beer and not just be be, not because
2: brooding in the background
1: yeah brooding in the background
2: frowning at everyone who does magic tricks (laughs) well see i think he he's an
1: interesting character because he is very like switzerland about things because he he's like they shouldn't be here like, unless they want to. Like, they're adults. Yeah. They can make the decision that they want, but no one should be here. We are here, and we're doing what we can about it, but we should not be happy about it. Especially not the way you're happy about it, because it's not going to bring them any happiness surrendering surrendering over to this fucking thing. Yeah, I really like him. I think he's a really interesting character. And I also think he, he intervenes, and he steps in, because if it wasn't for him opening the shed and letting them see all of the tapes and the yeah, footage because, of themselves, right? Yeah, because, like, it's right? been
2: centuries like right, like right like
1: i i would think
2: cuz there are some like dates in that shit <laughs> yeah
1: it's insane it, it never ends but uh yeah this movie this movie's got a lot going on and uh i i hope that the next time i watch it i can watch it without everything that i've just kind of talked about here
2: like want... I'm excited to watch it with the filmmaker angle because I never saw that before. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, this conversation has been entirely new to me as a film going experience. I'm just like, why the tug of rope?
1: I might have, I, the tug of rope is still a little, I think, <laughs> I think that's just you. And
2: the boat. And the thing under the boat.
1: The thing under the boat is strange. I'll give you that. <laughs> But I mean, sometimes you got to like lock yourself in a little room, isolate yourself until those ideas really come to you.
2: Yeah, but for an entity that can drop Polaroids out of the sky, like why do they have to go to the bottom of the lake for it?
1: Riddle me that, John. I won't lie to you. One of my least favorite parts of the movie. It looks great. It's awesome. It's kind of creepy-ish, but it feels very out of place. Mm. I think it's maybe just like a cool, scary, monstery type moment. And I'm for cool, scary, monstery type moments. <laughs> I fucking love that scene where we're watching like, the projector come on, and the projector is showing the footage of the projector coming on. Yes, is,
2: by yeah. that trailer. And then it gets mad,
1: loop, and it smacks uh, it.
2: That loop get, is so spooky and frustrating because there's a note on the door that says, like, Hey, I'm gone. I'll be back soon. Whose loop is that, and how the fuck did they get out of it?
1: May, well, doesn't that trailer just drop out of nowhere? I don't know. I think they just created that loop to try and trap them in it. You it, think so? I, I Maybe. I don't know.
2: Because the, the something about getting them to go to the trailer was a thing in the footage.
1: Yes, agreed. And I, I'm almost positive it, the trailer just, like, appears out of nowhere. Like Yeah, but a lot of sky. stuff
2: appears out of nowhere because you're. it's almost like a kaleidoscope. Like, you don't see loops unless you're in them. Oh, that's right. So, like, I don't think they saw it. Um, wait, weren't there, like, tigers and lions outside? There, that was a fucking scene where there was, like,
1: a panther or something, right? What the fuck? A mountain lion?
2: What is this movie?
1: This movie's
2: <laughs> wild. Okay. It is too late to get into Panthers. I have another fun question for you. Sure. Ten years. Loopy loop. Uh,
3: what do you master? What do I do? What do, I do? <laughs> yeah, what do you
2: master? And you can't say guitar because that's fucking a given. What and everybody's going to ask you to sing what if I songs say, by the fire.
1: Oh, that's so true. <laughs> you don't sing along to slide guitar, though. <laughs> and I've you tried. Can't, no, you can't
2: slide say. Slide guitar, mm.
1: different guitar altogether. So hard to do. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> but it's so complicated. And it looks so fucking easy. Goes jackass. <laughs> Uh, you remember those devil sticks? I'd get real good at devil sticks. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 I'd probably
2: learn archery.
1: I'd learn how to light them on fire and use them. Okay. Archery's cool.
2: <laughs> and I'd light them on fire, too. It, yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> how else are you supposed to split that other... Like, you got a bullseye, and you're like, oh my god, how's she gonna top that? You're like, I'm gonna light it on fire and split that other bullseye down the center. Yeah. After ten years, you better be able to do After it. After
2: ten loops of ten years.
1: <laughs> do you think there's anything to the idea that this guy... Is trying to become a master of magic, but at the end, his best trick is still something that gets pulled off by the entity.
2: I think that just shows that he's kind of a dick. Like, Mm. he's kind of a douche. And that's why um, Beer Guy glares at him, because what he does has nothing to do with mastery or taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. It's just showing off to people who don't know the severity of what he's doing.
1: Mm. Okay.
2: Because he's literally just thrown something outside the loop and it's gotten kind of caught up in the the bubble.
1: Yeah. I just, I'm not 100% sure if them escaping the loop is a good ending or not. Like there's something like it's supposed to, it's supposed to feel very good and redemptive and they are growing as people, but there's still something dark looming in that movie for me. And it is, it does have kind of like a happy ending. We're going on. It's an adventure. We are starting a new loop. That's how I feel about it. And like that scares me. And maybe it should. I don't know. Like maybe that's just the idea.
2: Yeah, but if you're always starting a new loop, you're never looping.
1: And that's where we're going to leave it. Kim, how would you rate The Endless?
2: Um, I'm going to give The Endless a 3 out of 4.
1: I'm giving The Endless a 3.5 out of 4 Sweet. for that fun bump.
2: <laughs> it's a frustrating bump. That <laughs> existential funk bump. Yeah, this movie is totally frustrating, but it is wonderful. The premise is fucking killer.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was worried that I would not enjoy it as much the second time around, but I, I fuck, I need to see it a third time. Yeah,
2: now. every time I watch it, there's something else that I like... I have to, like, ponder over. It frustrates me endlessly.
1: <laughs> Ooh, does it?
2: Um, Yeah, fuck. Uh, this is a very skewed episode. Obviously, The Endless gave us a lot of theories to chew over.
1: And the Happy Death Day was a perfect little fun watch afterward to remind you that the world doesn't have to be full of metaphysical crises.
2: <laughs> Although... <laughs> Both of them have metaphysical crises.
1: Is there? whatever, who cares? Metaphysical is probably the wrong word. I don't care.
2: Let us know what you thought of the endless, all of your endless theories, and how you feel about Happy Death Day. Over on Twitter, at NOFS Podcast, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash horror fiends of NOFS.
1: This podcast, of course, is listener-supported by fiends like yourself. Head over to patreon.com slash nightmare on film street to support the show and to find out about all the cool perks of being a patron of nightmare on film street. We've got hours and Hours of bonus content available for you over there, including Drive Home from the Drive-In reviews of current movies in the theater, as well as the Nightmare on Film Street back catalog, which I'm not as proud about,
2: but (laughs) it
1: exists if you'd like to hear us when we were just little babies. You
2: can hear our very first intro music that uh, John made, royalty-free, and our terrible audio quality. It's all there over on Patreon.
1: (laughs) But until next week, I'm John.
2: I'm Kim. Stay creepy. It
1: appears you
2: made it out
0: alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.